turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and I am your fellow paying too much for gas driver in California. I spent the weekend driving up and down, really the last, I would say, five or six days between San Diego and Los Angeles, multiple times. I can't even count. And I was with my family for part of it. We're looking for a place to live. And uh, we drove down this one street. And uh, I'll tell you where it is. It's to, it's Topanga Canyon. You know where that is in the valley. And I we drove down there, and we're going back and forth between different freeways and different places. And uh, it was a little shorter. It's a little shortcut sometimes. And I noticed that the gas in a lot of uh, the areas on that station, once you get out of Woodland Hills and you go a little bit uh, north from there, pretty cheap, you know, $5, $5.59. So I thought, ah, oh, I'm going to get gas here. So I pull into the next day. I pull into uh, a gas station there. And I start to pump gas, and I noticed real quick that all of them, there was a gas station on every corner. All of them was like $5.59 for gas, which is still outrageously high. But the one I'm pumping is $6.74. And so I I filled it up, not even half a tank, got back in the car, and I said, I can't believe the one I pull into is this. And my family mocked me for this. You ever have your family mock you for a decision? Well, there it was. Anyway... Uh, I'm there with you. So I've been going back and forth. It's been that kind of a weekend in the midst of it, catching up on uh, so much of the news that happened. And it was a rough weekend, a rough weekend. And we're hearing all about it in all the the different shootings and especially the one in Buffalo, but also right here in Southern California, one in downtown LA and then one in uh, Laguna Woods. How are you? You all right? Let's, uh, let's, Take a few minutes today and process this differently than what you're going to see on the cable news and maybe a lot of the other talk stations and stuff. Let's try to talk about the hope that we can hang on to. We keep seeing these things happen. I think we got we got a little break with the pandemic. Remember that this was raging. This was happening all the time before the pandemic. I think we're kind of back. Uh, I hate to say back to normal, but maybe that's the right word. How you doing? The number here, if you want to join the conversation is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. And what do you do when these things happen to move forward with hope, to move forward in a productive way? Because I tell you what, I watch all of the uh, the news stations, and, uh, you know, everybody's kind of, um, there's not a lot of spin with some of it, although there's some. The, the further away you get, you know, a couple more days, now there's spin and a lot of political leveraging for whatever that's worth. In the first couple of days, it's just a lot of pain. And there's a lot of the same comments. We need to do something about guns. We need to do something about laws. We need to do something about the mentally ill. We need to do something about 
uh, conspiracy theorists and racists and all of these different things. And that's true. We need to do that. We need to talk about all of those things, but we need to make some progress. And it seems like every time this happens, am I the only one? I don't think I am. I think that it it feels like we're going to talk about this for a few days and Congress needs to do this and the Republicans need to do this and the Democrats need to do this. And uh, everybody needs to do something and a lot of thoughts and prayers. And then um, here's a photograph of my lunch. And uh, we're back to, to whatever it was we were talking about before. And then nothing happens. I think that we can, as believers, and if you're listening to our show and you're not a believer, you know, this is something that we as Christians can hold on to is that we have hope in the Lord, that our hope is not in the leaders that we have, although we need leadership. We need people to step up into leadership and be able to have a conversation about race, about violence, about guns, about whatever the issues uh, might be that swirl around in these things. We need that leadership. And maybe it's coming from one of you listening. You know, is God stirring in your heart a way to lead us out, or are we just stirred to pull more and more back into whatever corner we feel like we we need to get in in this divided world? As the church, we can't be that. So I thought I'd talk about that. I'd love to hear your thoughts about with all of this going on, how do you move forward with hope? And how do you not fear? And maybe you just want to start there. Are you? Does this make you more afraid? These, these things happen in public places. A supermarket in Buffalo. One sad story after another of people who were just doing life. And this evil person drives 200 miles to go do this for just the, the evilest of motives. Kid. Somebody in Laguna Woods, apparently, you know, you say allegedly, you have to because of court stuff, but uh, when somebody writes a manifesto or somebody uh, tells you in advance why they're going to do it or they go live on their social media and tell you, we have a pretty good idea of generally what's true. I guess uh, the shooting at the church in Laguna Woods was related to the China-Taiwan question and the, uh, you know, in the issue over that, it was a Taiwanese church where this happened. And that hits a little close to home for me. In our church, uh, until a couple of years ago, we had we had church plants, so different uh, different ethnic congregations meeting on our campus, and one was Taiwanese, and one was Chinese. And uh, the Chinese church had both English and Chinese speakers, and the Taiwanese one mostly, I think, was in uh, Taiwanese. And they both planted. They both have um, churches that they were able to go to, and we praise God for that. It was great to be a part of that, and both very successful. And they got along just fine, you know, and um, we all did. In the church, my friends, we have an opportunity for unity. Let's keep that in mind when there are so much divisiveness here. But at the same time, to hold on to that, we're going to have to talk about it. And we need to not make excuses. Sometimes we don't know people's motivation. And it suffices, I think, to say, well, they're crazy. Well, all of these people are crazy. If you're shooting people, you're crazy. But... Uh, Here we have somebody in Buffalo who is motivated uh, apparently by a lot of stuff. I didn't get into all of it. Uh, I hate reading that stuff. I've read these guys' stuff, and uh, it's all part of the same evil spirit. Um, Motivated by uh, replacement theory, conspiracy theories, which I guess is the idea. And I'm I'm not a pro at this one. I've, I've heard it before. I've heard the name before, but I didn't really know what it was. started looking it up. 
the idea that uh, there's some group out there deliberately trying to replace white people with people of other ethnicities. It started in France. It started in France. It has to do with the immigration and uh, particularly the Muslim immigrants in France. started a long time ago. There's books written by it. There's probably people uh, who started it before that in different places, but it's it's the idea isn't that, um, you know, against just what are the facts? The facts are is that there's a lot of change happening with uh, birth rates and democracy, and that's just fact. That's just how that, that goes. That's the course of the world. But the idea that there's some uh, group of elites out there deliberately planning this for some reason. We always, give, we always give some group of elites out there with the conspiracy theories. It's amazing to me how smart people suddenly are. The same people that we call idiots are suddenly brilliant enough to uh, plan out 9-11 and blame it on some other people. You know, the same people that we call idiots and morons somehow have some grand scheme where they are doing replacement theories or they're doing whatever else out there. And, uh, you know, I don't think people are, particularly when it comes to government, is that, are that smart. Uh, I think that we are driven by fear. I think we have a news media that is driven by fear. And I mean all the channels, okay, left, right, whatever. Let's not be that. Let's talk about some hope. And maybe we just go to some scripture here this morning, but I'd love to hear from you. 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. How are you feeling? Are you afraid? What do you do when you feel that fear, when you see these things happen, which keep happening? And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. How do you feel when you go out? It's got to be on your mind. It's on mine. I go to the supermarket last night. It's on my mind. You just have to wonder what might happen. 888-LA-TALKS is the number. You can also email me at SoCalLive. If you're working and uh, can't make a phone call, SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, so where do we find hope with all of these things? I've looked at some things, and, you know, I, I was driven to a few different scriptures. I looked at Psalm 11. Psalms is a great place to go when things are difficult. You know, if you're just kind of in a, in a bad part or you're afraid, you know, go to the Psalms. The great thing about the Psalms is you have David and other writers who are expressing these fears, expressing these concerns, and giving them to God. What I really like about it, what I really like about it is that's how we should talk to God with this, this clear, this is how I feel. See, God already knows how you feel. Do you know that? You ever go to God and feel like, oh, I can't tell you that, God? Well, he already knows. He already knows what your sins are. He knows your motivations better than anybody else, better than you know your own. He knows what you're afraid of. And he's waiting for you to bring it up in those conversations that you have with the Lord. That's what you get in a lot of the Psalms. Psalm 11 starts this way. It says, in the Lord, I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? So David is writing this and he is taking refuge in the Lord, but then he says to God, how can you tell me then to flee? If you remember, God told David to flee uh, in this, or David was going to flee into the mountains because the wicked were after him. For look, the wicked bend their bows and they set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows and the upright in heart. And he starts to have this conversation with the Lord. Do you ever do this? I mean, if you're afraid and you are saddened and you carry particular burdens if you are African-American, the shooting in Buffalo is terrifying and it's ridiculously sad. And it came from a place of outrageous hate. If you are 
maybe in a Taiwanese congregation today, you have a special burden from this or a Chinese congregation. You're saying, why did somebody do this in church of all places? Maybe you just shop at different places, and there's so many different things that we come to. Take it to the Lord. When the foundations are, this is verse 3, Psalm 11, verse 3. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? That, I think, is the question for us, because what we are seeing in our country and around the world right now is foundations being destroyed, right? We are seeing the foundations of families being destroyed. We've been seeing that for a long time. That's at the heart, in many ways, of the entire abortion conversation that we've been having that goes way back before Roe versus Wade, actually. The destruction of the family, the destruction of of marriage the way God intended it and what that means, the destruction of, in the division of people for various reasons, by, by race because of old things like the slavery or more recent things like the Jim Crow or more recent things like whatever this uh, replacement theory stuff is about, which Christians, you should have nothing to do with these things. Do not follow these conspiracies. You can talk about facts, and, you know, I read a book about birth rate, which was just fascinating. Um, Russia, for example, may not be able to hold on to the entire eastern part of the country simply because of birth rate. And they may have to sell it, just like they sold us Alaska 150 years ago. They had to sell it because they just didn't have the people or the resources to maintain that property, so they sold it to the United States. They're going to sell, according to this book I read a long time ago, I read this book, but around 2050, they're going to sell half of Russia, probably to China, because they have the people to put in there. They need it. Maybe we'll buy it. I don't know. That would be weird, huh? And that's why in the, the uh, I always want to say the Soviet Union, it's hard for me to get that out of my mind, but um, that's why in Russia you have days off from work to go home and make babies and do what it takes to make babies because they're failing. And it, it is driving the violence in Ukraine. It is driving a lot of the, the theories and the reasons for that. It's a fear, a fear of of no longer being relevant, a fear that you might have in Russia for uh, sadness for the fall of the Soviet Union, which maybe you idealized, right? The, there was this ideal of everything being fine. It was just a disaster from the very beginning. Psalm 11, verse 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, there's a lot of fear of that in our country right now, isn't there? Isn't that what drives a lot of our conversation left and right? The fear of the foundations of our country being destroyed. A lot of fear and reason to fear. I'm not saying there's not reason to fear, but when fear is in the driver's seat, people do not make good decisions. When fear is in the driver's seat, people do not stay rational. When fear is in the driver's seat, groups of people do things that are irrational, but, when, but even individuals, we, we should not be fearful. What do we do with it? Here we have David who is fearful, he's frustrated, and he is concerned. And then here's what he says. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. And this is something I thought of, you know, how do we talk about this with a place to go for hope when it seems like we've been here before, right? We're going to talk about it, and somebody's going to say, oh, we need gun control, and then people will say, yes, yes, we do. Somebody else will say, no, we don't. Uh, but at the end of the day, no one's going to do anything. President's going to make a speech, and he's going to talk about how we need to come together and and um, all of this stuff. We heard from uh, the president's uh, new uh, spokesperson today on this subject. Here's what she said. Uh, play clip number one. 
You got number one, uh, Jared? Well, maybe we'll so let me just say, we still need to learn more about the motivation uh, for the shooting as law enforcement do, does their work. Uh, but we don't, we don't need anything else to, stay, to state a clear uh, moral truth, right, which is a racially motivated hate crime is abhorrent uh, to the very fabric of this nation. Uh, hate must not have a safe harbor. This is something that the president says very often, especially in these uh, horrific incidents. Uh, that we have seen time and time again. We must do everything in our power to end hate-fueled domestic uh, terrorism, and we must reject hatred and extremism ideologies that seek to divide uh, Americans whenever we find it in our society. Uh, it is antithetical to who we are as a country and, feels, and it fuels violence as well. That was Corrine Jean-Pierre, the uh, president's new spokesperson. Jen Psaki went off to cable news, like you do in that business. And, you know, that statement is, is what we have heard one president or spokesperson say over and over again for years. In many ways, both parties. And then I, I realize there's a lot of politics. I'm trying to stay out of the, the, the spin that people want to do. And we've got election coming up and it's, you know, everything's tight. Control of the Congress is, in, you know, in the balance. There's so many different things. You know, for... For us as believers, you know, what do we do next? Now, I hope somebody comes up with a bright idea of how to help people. This person had already been identified as somebody who was capable of doing this kind of thing. So he was on people's radar. Sometimes we don't know where they're coming from, right? But sometimes we know exactly where they're coming from. All right, to get back to the scripture, here's where we go. All right. So David says all of this. Verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. Can you remember that today? Whatever you might be feeling, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He didn't leave. He isn't looking down going, I can't believe that happened. What are we going to do? He doesn't have those kind of emotions that we have. He is in his holy temple. He, the Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth and his eyes examine them. I think this is one of the, the struggles that maybe you have with God sometimes. It's called a, you know, theodicy. The theodicy is the idea of that, you know, if God is big enough and capable of stopping things like this from happening, why doesn't he? Or maybe he can't stop things like that, and then what kind of God is he? If that's your question, right? The people, people wrestle with that. David wrestles with that. That's a lot of what these psalms are about. He observes everyone on earth, and his eyes examine them. The Lord ex- examines the righteous, but the wicked... Those who love violence, he hates with a passion. It's always hard when you hear the idea of God hating somebody, but the word, the Hebrew word, is a word that really means true enemy, that you are an enemy of God. If you're a person who loves violence, uh, you're on the opposite side of, of the Lord. And he hates with a passion in this way. It doesn't mean that there isn't salvation offered. It doesn't mean those kinds of things, but he hates the violent. On the wicked, verse 6, on the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For any, that is an analogy to uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah story in the book of Genesis. This is what happens to the wicked. See, and the, the hope here, that and David, you have to realize he's afraid. He is hiding for his life. And this is what he's remembering about the Lord. Fiery coals and burning sulfur, scorching wind will be their lot, those who do this violence. Verse 7, for the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. 
my friends, I hope that today your hope is in the Lord. With all this stuff and all the bad news and all of the the different angles and different things and the, the frightening part of it that is really true, would you do, you know, that we're we're seeing and that we feel, would you keep in mind that the Lord is righteous and he loves justice? And ultimately, even where justice is not done, it will ultimately be done in the Lord, that that is the hope, where the Lord doesn't look back on, on everything and forget to tie some things together, forget to bring justice for what is actually correct. And the upright will see his face. That's you if you know the Lord. That's you if you know the Lord. That's you if you've come to Jesus and you know that Jesus has forgiven you of your sin. You know, when when we start talking about these people who do these evil acts, uh, there's a lot of evil tied into it. People are saying that this Buffalo shooter was tied into some internet groups that are terrible. That maybe during the COVID, you know, and there's all kinds of, maybe it's, you know, there's excuse or whatever. Um, he's going to deal with the Lord at the end and justice is going to be served. And everybody who's a part of influencing him, who may never themselves commit this kind of crime, they're going to be held to account also because the Lord sees them for the Lord is righteous. He examines the righteous, but the wicked who love violence, he hates with a passion. This is our, our Lord. He is going to examine them. Do you believe that? Can you put your trust in that today? And can you take a look at these things and go, okay, that being true, how do we have hope? We have hope because the Lord is righteous. He loves justice and the upright will see his face. You're going to see his face. And the Lord's righteousness, if you're saying, well, I don't have the Lord's righteousness, well, that's what Jesus is for. You get for free the righteousness of Christ by believing in him. Well, what if I've done some terrible things? Well, you're going to have to stand before Jesus and deal with those things, but you get everlasting life if you're forgiven. Well, what if I've gone to prison because I've done some terrible things? Well, you still need to do your time because there's justice in this world that needs to be served. You know, this person, there's no death penalty in the state of New York. This person, uh, if they don't screw up his case, is going to go to prison the rest of his life. And even if he receives Christ in prison, which he might, like thief on the cross, he still should be in there his whole life because the victims of that crime, and, our, and which is certainly the people of Buffalo, the people whose family was lost, everybody who's afflicted, and our, our whole country in some respect, I mean, we deserve justice, that God loves that even in the temporal sense, and that'll happen. But if you're saying, you know what, for me, I just don't think God loves me, I just don't think, you know, or yeah, he does. And he doesn't want you to be violent. He doesn't want you to take vengeance. He wants you to go out there and offer hope to a world that is so that is just drowning in hopelessness and division. Can you do that? I hope you can. All right, we're going to take a break, and uh, we'll be back. You can give us a call, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back with your Monday edition of SoCal Live in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today on this fine Monday. I hope that you are having a good Monday and uh, getting a good start to the week after a rough weekend that uh, we had in our country, including right here in Southern California. If you're in uh, if you're in Laguna Hills, Laguna Woods area of Orange County, you've had a really tough weekend. The fires uh, um, burning down a bunch of homes, and then the shooting at uh, church down there that happened. You know, there are heroes that also come out in these in these shootings. Uh, in each one of these different places. 
And, uh, you know, you kind of have to do that. Have you ever um, been in a situation where you thought that might happen, or maybe you have before? Uh, Have you thought about it in church? Does your church have security guards? I mean, does this make you nervous about going to church, these kinds of things? And what do we do? How do we, we can't not go to church. I mean, if you think about it, you know, people uh, who went to go to church, in fact, today through tremendous persecution are risking their lives every time they go to church. And we should be praying for them, and we should be grateful that that's not the case for us. But, you know, it definitely crosses uh, our minds. I, um, every time one of these things happens in church, I give people asking me about it, and what do we do? And uh, there are some things that we've done before, I'll tell you about it, that we haven't broadcast that we do, that we've had security. We just don't always advertise it. But sometimes we, you know, we don't want to make people nervous or feel funny, but we know that there's a threat sometimes, and there's ways to do that. Does your church do anything? Does it do you feel like we need to have security in church? How do we do that? How do we do that and still, um, you know, and not, I don't know, does it wreck the, uh, does it wreck the experience for you? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. What are some things that the church can do in our violent society uh, to help protect the people of the church? For sure, if you're going to church, you need to have protection. Um, but if you are, you know, it should be a safe environment. I should say, um, what are some things that maybe your church has done that you think has has helped? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Are we becoming a society where everybody just needs to be armed? I've asked myself before: how many people sitting in church actually are armed? You know, how many people on this uh, you know train that I'm on, if I take a train somewhere, are armed? How many people that I'm in the movie theater? You know, there's just we live in a country where there's a lot of people with guns. I know. I know somebody who has got hundreds of guns, just one guy, hundreds of guns. I don't know if he has any bullets. I know that it makes his wife real nervous, uh, and mostly because they're kind of broke and he keeps spending money on the guns. So there's a marital problem there, right? Uh, and uh, there's a lot of weapons out there, a lot of fear uh, about different things. What they tell you, if you ever do one of these, uh, you know, they're kind of hard to go through. They go through these, they're called active shooter you know, I don't know, you sit down and somebody tells you what to do and they basically tell you, well, you run. If you can get out of there, you run. Uh, if you can't, you barricade yourself somewhere where you might be safe, locked room or closet or someplace, or you have to attack the shooter, which is what happened in uh, Laguna Woods uh, at this church. They had to attack the shooter. I guess they hogtied the guy and uh, and were able to do that. And it's a terribly sad story that that has to be done. There's a hero from Buffalo, the security guard, which is his job. And uh, he probably saved lives because he didn't run. He stood his ground and he he approached the shooter and shot at him. But the shooter had, uh, uh, I guess he had a bulletproof vest on and it didn't take him out. Um, there's a lot of heroes that come through all of this stuff. <clears throat> In the book of Hosea, they have become more and more violent. And I'm worried that this is where we are headed as a country. Hear the word of the Lord, Hosea chapter 4. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. And here's what he says. There is only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. This is a dark time, okay, for, for Israel. And this is because of this the land dries up, and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field, the birds in the sky, and the fish of the sea are swept away. 
I think, you know, this, this doesn't sound real hopeful, maybe this passage, except to also give us an understanding that God understands what's happening, that some of the things that we're experiencing, they're not new to the world. They're not new to a fallen world. They are not new to a world that uh, maybe they're, they're new to us and getting worse for us, and it certainly seems that way, but it isn't new. Does that give you hope or does that just worry you more? I, to me, it gives me hope. I, I, to me, it gives me hope to say, you know what? We live in a fallen world. That's why we are called to make disciples of Jesus. That's why this is the answer, by the way. I feel like there's so much attack when these things happen on, on you know, thoughts and prayers. And people say, that, you know, thoughts and prayers. You got to say something, thoughts and prayers. You know, the first thought is, did you really think about it? And are you actually praying for people who are going through a hard time? We should be. We need to be doing that. The attack has been that people are saying that's all we're doing. I think the church can do a lot more. We have to be involved with people. And we're getting more and more separated from people. We divide over all kinds of politics. We divide over uh, different, you know, economic ideas. There's so many things, you know, even silly things that we get divided over. And then I look, I wonder if the Lord looks down and he says the same thing he says in Hosea. There is only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds. And bloodshed follows bloodshed. Boy, I got to tell you that that for me this weekend and in these stories, that's what it felt like. But our hope is still in the Lord. His hope, you know, the Lord chastises his people there in Israel. And uh, it's a hard book. But the whole book of Hosea is about restoration, ultimately. That there is a Lord who not only gives us everlasting life, but he brings us back. He replaces all that the locusts have eaten. And he does that for societies that turn to the Lord for sure, but he also does that for individuals who turn to the Lord. And maybe we'll just take it to that place there. You're listening to Southern California Live, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. If you want to add to our conversation, you're welcome to call now. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. The Lord will always restore his people who turn to him. And, you know, it is such a a powerful statement that God will do this. In uh, the book of Joel, actually, he says this. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Do you feel like you've lost years because you ran away with sin? I used to run, my first ministry was young adult ministry people, you know, post-college age. And the great thing about that ministry is that these are people who, if you're in your 20s, you're in this place where you went off to college and maybe you made some decisions in high school or decisions in college that were not good ones, as people do. And in your 20s, you, you kind of come to your senses. And if you're a believer, if you're somebody who grew up in church, that's a time where so many people really, truly dedicate themselves to the Lord. Do you ever think about, if you, if you grew up in church, you grew up going to Sunday school, and sometimes you just take things for granted, and you know the routines, and you know the religious things to say, you know how to do you know this and that, and then you go off to college, and suddenly mom and dad aren't around. You don't really have to go to church if you go to college, or you just leave the home, and you get your own place if you didn't go to college, and sometimes people go out and make a lot of mistakes, and then they, in their 20s, they come to a, back to church, and the faith is their own now. It's no longer their parents'. It's theirs. They have decided to follow Jesus, like the old song. 
has said. And they come back and they feel like, you know what, though, I have lost some time here and I'm, I'm wounded. And that's a big part of, of ministry anyways. People are wounded so often by so many things. Well, God tells us in the book of Job, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locust and the young locust, the other locust and the locust swarm. You know, God wants to restore you to who you were made to be. And if you're feeling down about yourself or you're feeling afraid, know that you have a God who wants you to come to him, to pray to him, to tell him your fears, to tell him your thoughts, your concerns, and that what he wants to do is make you exactly into the person you were made to be. And he will take those scars that you have and he'll heal them. And he will use you in the lives of others who are having the same scars or, or who are about to cut themselves in the same way where they're going to get the same scars. And you might be able to prevent them from making those mistakes because you've got a story to tell. Or you're going to be there to walk with them because you've walked that path before. And you get to be the hands and feet and the ears and the mouth of Jesus in that person's life. And in doing so, it takes those dark times, which you probably say you wish you didn't have, but God redeems it and he restores it, and he makes you into a person who is so valuable with the people of your, that come into your life, so important. And you know, that's when you're closest to the Lord, when you know that the Lord is taking you for who you are, for your experiences, for your background, for everything that is you, and putting you in a good place. Some of you have suffered tremendous violence that doesn't show up on the TV news, and specific stories don't get talked about on the Christian radio program, but you've suffered. Uh, you know, I've seen it. Many of you have seen it. Uh, I have I have met people who have lost so many loved ones to violent acts right here in our own city. And I know that some of you who can just start to name a bunch of people. And I have seen some of these people get real bitter and be frustrated, but I've also seen people who then go into the violence and speak to those who are being violent, who visit in the prisons, who work with the kids, who go to the hospitals. A couple of my good friends, they go to the hospital. I help, to, I help them become chaplains at a hospital where they do, uh, where they have a trauma ward. And the reason they became chaplains was because in their life they had been violent and they had done some pretty terrible things and they went to prison. They got saved in prison. They came out. They became pastors. And now what they do is they go into hospitals, particularly where there is people who are uh, suffering because of gun violence. Maybe they were part of gangs. Maybe they were part of domestic disputes or other things where there's some of that violence. And they can go right into the trauma ward, and they deal with two things. Number one, if you're going to die, they can tell you about Jesus. So you get salvation. You get to go be with heaven, be with the Lord in heaven. And the number two thing they do if you're going to survive is they can start talking to you already about why you don't want to take revenge, why that's not for you, why that's not what what we should do. And that's really, really hard when you're taught revenge. 1 Peter 3, 9, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. That's hard. That is a hard verse when you're talking about violence that's been done to you or somebody that you know. But this is where the gospel begins and where salvation and restoration is in following Jesus. Because Jesus is right, and the Word of God is right about everything. 
And God can use you even with a terrible past to do amazing, wonderful things in his name. I got to take a break. This is Southern California Live. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. We'll be back in just a moment with a Monday edition of Southern California Live. Be right back. Welcome back to Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. Scott Furrow, your host. And I was in uh, Los Angeles this weekend and Saturday morning. Like many of you, I was out and about. I was actually in a restaurant with my, my family having breakfast. And all of a sudden, really loud in the restaurant, we heard this. And everybody pauses. It was so loud. And I realized that's the emergency broadcast tone. And then all of a sudden we heard everybody's phones start buzzing. Did you have this experience? It happened throughout a lot of the Los Angeles area. We were in the Woodland Hills area. And uh, I guess it was as far out as Long Beach, maybe as far south as uh, some places in um, almost Orange County. Did you have this? And what happened was it was a public safety announce, announcement. And I looked down at my phone and you see everybody in the restaurant. This goes off on everybody's phone. My wife pulls out her phone. What in the world is happening? And it says, public safety alert. And I read it, and it says, residents of Chevy Chase Canyon should safely evacuate your home and proceed to the evacuation site. And I'm going, going, I know where that is. That's not too far away from uh, the studios where we broadcast this program in Glendale. And uh, I thought, what in the world is going on? There's an emergency alert, and everybody has to evacuate their buildings? And, you know, so now everybody is concerned about it. Did you have this go on? What were you thinking when this happened? You can call me and tell me your story, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And, you know, so I go on to uh, Twitter and uh, where, you know, Twitter will, will steal your soul away, but it's also a great place for news. If there's some kind of breaking news, there's somebody live tweeting it somewhere. And uh, one person named Marissa Type this, everyone in Los Angeles is Googling where Chevy Chase Canyon is right now. <laughs> and I would have, I would have, except I knew where it was, but I would have been, been Googling that myself. Did you get that alert? And then a few minutes later, we're still there. We're wrapping up breakfast at this point, And we hear this. And then another public safety alert. And you, you hear all the phones buzz right after that. You know, all throughout the restaurant, all these people. And everyone looks at their phone now and says, disregard evacuation message for Chevy Chase Canyon training exercise only. Somebody's fired. Somebody pressed the wrong button. There's somebody out there who is not having a good weekend because of that. And uh, did you experience that? Did you get that on your phone? 888-528-2557. Once in a while, you know, I think you get the Amber Alerts on your phone if you have that set up. But your phone setup is, is there for you if you have some serious thing going on. Excuse me a second. Excuse me, a little frog in my throat. I've been talking too much today already. All right, so everybody is uh, Googling that. Now, this reminded me of something that happened a few years ago. Not nearly as bad, or not nearly, it was a lot worse than this one. Do you remember this? This happened in Hawaii. This is absolutely true. Remember this. If you suddenly got a notice on your phone, and you look down, and this is true. This happened on January 13th, 2018. And the alert on your phone, if you were in the islands of Hawaii, said, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. 
No kidding. They got a nuclear weapon uh, announcement that they're about to get nuked in Hawaii. That happened in 2018. And this was right when there was a lot of that stuff going on with North Korea and uh, Donald Trump was going over there and people were not really sure if that was really going to do anything one way or the other. Can you imagine that you get that on your phone? You're just having breakfast. You're going for a jog. You're doing whatever. And all of a sudden, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Uh, and then later on, not about third, but it was 38 minutes. So for 38 minutes, you thought that this was true. 38 minutes before you got a second emergency alert that said, there is no missile threat or danger to the state of Hawaii. Repeat, false alarm. There are people who said that what they did was they got into the sewers, that for that 38 minutes, they decided the safest place to be would be actually in the sewers, that they would, they undid the sewer cap, got into the sewer to hide from the nuclear weapons that were going to be dropped on Hawaii. That's terrifying. That is a terrifying, terrifying thing that that would happen. Can you imagine? And uh, so I had to have this conversation with my kids. You know, at first we thought it was something real happening there in Glendale. And I'm imagining all these people fleeing the building. I'm imagining all these people who got that. Imagine that if you're in Chevy Chase Canyon and you got that on your phone, what did you do? Were you there? Do you have that number? 888-528-2557. If you're listening and you were, and you got that message and you evacuated your building, I'd love to hear your story. I suppose you would get out. You got this message on your phone all of a sudden that says something's going on now. It turns out that there was training going on, and I'm glad that this happens. When we think about all of the uh, trouble that happened this weekend with the shootings and other things, it's good to know that the authorities are also always doing trainings. And that is really good. That's how they often get there so fast when when these crazy things happen. Um, And, you know, it is so good that we do that. But somebody hit the wrong button for sure. Somebody uh, is, uh, you know, not in a good place right now in their job. Can you imagine that? And not as bad as the nuclear weapon one. Uh, That person's in. And I guess that was just a complete mistake. I think in that one they weren't doing a training. I think that uh, somebody was just fooling around with a button or something like that, if I remember. And uh, that is it's just wild stuff. The world we live in today, isn't it crazy? 888-528-2557. And I'll take your calls in a second. If you got that uh, emergency alert, do you ever get those again? Oh, I had a call and we dropped it. Uh, if you ever get those those alerts, you can turn them off on your phone. There's a way to turn those off, and I think you can measure different ones. There's There's other ones, right, on your phone. There's one that that basically tells you if you are in contact with somebody else who's had the COVID. Remember that, that there is there is some kind of COVID alert on your phone that tells you if you are in proximity of somebody else who tested positive for COVID. It's a voluntary thing. You have to uh, uh, sign up for that. And so you could just be walking down the street and all of a sudden you get this alert that says, hey, you just walked by somebody with COVID. You should go get tested. I don't know if that's a good idea, you know, to do that. I suppose there are certain things I would want to know about, uh, but it's an app you can get on your phone uh, that would do that. It would it would let you know if you were, not, I think the person who is exposed also has that app on their phone, which also raises the question, if you did have it, should you be wandering around, you know? Uh, I read an article where somebody had that happen after they got off a plane, that somebody on the plane had it and, uh, you know, 
it's just it's just a weird world that we live in. It's really crazy. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Anyway, there was there was no problem there in Glendale, and that is good. We're very happy about that. All right, so we've had a weekend of a lot of difficulty, but I want to encourage you as we uh, go on to the next hour, we'll talk about some different things in the next hour. One of the things I want to talk about in the next hour is uh, what do you look for when you are looking for a church? If you are looking for a church, what are the things that uh, you look for? What are some experiences you've had, good, bad, or indifferent, things that you could talk about? And uh, and I'll share some things with you on that. We'll talk about that as soon as we get back in the next hour. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, inflation and uh, some you know, sort of funny things going on uh, related to that. And last week we talked about energy, and I asked the question, are there ways that we can save energy? And I'll give you a shot in the next hour to save us, uh, to tell us about uh, energy and ways to save energy. We got pretty good talking about ways to save um, whenever we need water. But what are some ways to save energy? So some different things to talk about uh, in the next hour. I want to leave you just with the, the truth of Scripture about all the different things that are going on. And keep in mind that Jesus is in complete control. And if you just need some hope, if you're just afraid, and I understand that, you know, I, whenever these things happen, I, you know, I start looking over my shoulder when I'm in the supermarket, when there's been a shooting like that, or in church, you start to wonder when those things happen and why, and they can come from all sorts of different places. You know, something that happened when Peter drew his sword and cut off Malchus's ear is Jesus then responded, put your sword back in its place. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Uh, And Jesus said, Do you think I cannot call on my Father, and he at once will put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Think about that. That's that's an incredible, incredible statement there. Uh, But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled? See, God has a plan to fulfill the Scriptures, and even when there are terrible things happening, the plan is that God's will is that all people would be saved. The plan is that the whole earth one day is going to realize that Jesus is the Savior, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. There's no avoiding that. We can argue about the second coming of Christ and the timing of it and uh, what different things mean in history, and, and all of us in our audience, we have different ideas probably about all of those kinds of things. But one thing we can't argue about if you're a believer is that Jesus is coming back, and that when he comes back, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess. And everything that's happening in history, even these difficult times that we are in, even the insanity that we are seeing in so many levels, it's not a surprise to the Lord. And so put your hope and your faith in God. And don't be afraid to go out there, and especially don't be afraid to love others, and especially, even more, don't be afraid to love your enemy or to love somebody who is your perceived enemy, because that's what's happening, right? Is everybody's your enemy, and everybody who doesn't think like you is not just somebody who disagrees, they're your enemy. That shouldn't be our attitude as Christians. We have the message of reconciliation. That is our ministry, to bring people together, and that's hard work, no doubt about that. But when you go out and you see people, that is your ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, your ministry in Christ. All right, I want to encourage you to go to kkla.com if you're in the Los Angeles area listening. Many things on the website there to connect with other radio listeners. And if you're in San Diego, go to kprz.com and do that. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back with Hour 2 of the Monday edition in just a moment. Stay tuned.